It's the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, November 6th. I'm Donald Ware. Hopefully you went out to vote today. It is so important that you get out and vote. And uh, if you haven't voted already, please, please take this opportunity to go out and vote. It is super duper important these races are so important but again so many sacrifices made so that others could vote so please get out and vote if you have not done so already championship saturday is upon us in the ciaa championship game Bowie state's going to take on fayetteville state in the siac championship game it's going to be albany state and miles and it seems like miles Gets it. It's like almost every other year that Miles is in this SIAC championship game, and um, they were able to do it again. A big game. They defeated Tuskegee 31 to 27. So Miles once again in the championship game. So Miles, what Miles is looking for is its third SIAC championship in the SIAC championship era, which began in 2011. So championship. Uh, game is upon us but you know right now I want to take a look back at week nine of the HBCU football uh, season or the H or that week of course last Saturday and it is takeaway Tuesday here on the HBCU football daily podcast the big game and a mild upset as Howard defeated Florida A&M 31 to 23 so Howard bounces back from that loss on last week to South Carolina State and you know, I got to be honest, I said it on the weekend edition uh, from the press box to press row. In in my opinion, I just thought that Florida A&M in its win last week against Morgan State was a statement win. What it meant is they, they came off beating North Carolina A&T 22-21 a couple of weeks ago, had a bye week, and then came right back and beat Morgan State, who also defeated North Carolina A&T. And it was a statement win for the Rattlers, and at that point, I said, "This is a Rattler team. I don't think that's going to give up. That's going to relinquish what they had." As a matter of fact, I thought they may go undefeated uh, the rest of the way in the MEAC, but that was not the case. Howard, who stumbled again the week before at homecoming against South Carolina State, sort of made it up to its fans again with this victory in Washington D.C. over Florida A&M. And you know, to me, this is a Florida A&M whose defense who had a defense that had been playing reasonably well Um, but this was a Howard team that rolled up in excess of 400 yards of total offense and oh by the way um, a lot of those yards um, were were rushing yards 247 yards is what the Bison was able to rush for in this football game 247 yards against the Florida A&M defense that, again, had been playing pretty well. Um, Kalen Newton, you know, he wasn't spectacular in the game. 15 of 30, 172 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. So the Rattlers were able to uh, force him to turn the ball over uh, a couple of times in this ball game. But what Howard was able to do was run the football. And the thing about Florida A&M, they were able to get it done. They rushed for 168 yards. That's pretty good. Threw for 272 yards. The problem is 
Ryan Stanley threw two interceptions in the ball game. And that's the difference in the ball game was the two interceptions by Ryan Stanley. He was kind of keeping up with this game as it went on on, um, on Saturday. And it was a situation where uh, Howard would sort of take a lead and then they would expand it a little bit. And then Florida A&M would come right back and continue on and, and continue to keep the game close. This was, uh, you know, I, 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 I mean, I gotta be honest, you know, I mean, that's why we play the game. That's why you play the game every week. Because to me, again, Florida A&M, a team coming off uh, a, a big win, a buy, a, a win against a a buy, then a win against Morgan State. Meanwhile, Howard is reeling a little bit. You know, Howard reeling a little bit from that loss to South Carolina State. It sort of, uh, at least this year, maybe more so than we've seen um, maybe in, 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 in many years past, although, you know, parity is the word that I'm looking for a lot of parity in the MEAC. Although, I mean, we've had a bunch of ties, obviously A&T had the outright championship last year, the year before that North Carolina central had the outright championship. But when you go back to 2015, you had a three-way tie between A&T Bethune Cookman, uh, and, uh, uh, North Carolina central that year. You go back to 2014, you had a, what was it, a four or five-way tie. So we had a lot of ties. And this year for the MEAC championship, there's not going to be a tie. It's going to be an outright champion. Um, when you look at South, or when you look at North Carolina A&T and the opponent that it has this weekend, you're looking at the lights of Savannah State. Now, you can't sleep on any opponent that you play. But at the end of the day, you know, Savannah State, I mean, it's just an unpredictable team. You look at Savannah State a couple of weeks ago, I mean, they absolutely thrashed Norfolk State 32-3. to And this was a Norfolk State team that I had a chance to see on Saturday that played A&T and really hung around with A&T for a little while. And then, and then A&T just really outclassed uh, Norfolk State. So, but and then it's a Savannah State that turns around and gets thwarted last week by Delaware State, who, by the way, has won two straight games. So it's, it's kind of unpredictable, but no way in the world that uh, North Carolina A&T is going to lose to Savannah State. That game is going to be played in Savannah on Saturday. Meanwhile, Florida A&M has to play South Carolina State. But the thing about it, it's a non-conference game. It's a non-conference game. But if you're Florida A&M, you got to be able to rebound and uh, get back on the winning track because then you have a conference championship game, which is in essence going to be for the MEAC championship against Bethune-Cookman the following week in that Florida Classic. And this is a South Carolina State team that's going to be coming off a bye. It's a South Carolina State team, again, going back two weeks ago that defeated Howard. It's a South Carolina State team that has won three of its last four ball games. So some interesting matchups. And again, just a bit of a surprise. I mean, it's not a huge upset that Howard defeated Florida A&M. It's not a huge upset at all, but um, it, it definitely is a setback for Florida A&M who is going to be looking to rebound. Fayetteville State losing to Winston-Salem State 51-21, to just kind of looking at the numbers. You know, I don't know or the stats of that game. I mean, I you know, if, if you're Fayetteville State, you've already wrapped up the Southern Division. Do you want to win that football game? I think you do because there is some implications in terms of playoffs. No question about that. But at the end of the day, 
you know, you, you, you know, I don't, I'm sure they played to win this game, but it's not the end of the world for Fayetteville State. But they got a tough matchup against Bowie State, who absolutely blew out Elizabeth City State 49 to seven. So that's going to be a good CIAA championship game, and it's a Bowie State team that returns to the CIAA championship game after a year hiatus. The previous two years, they played in the CIAA championship game, lost both of those years to Winston Salem State who uh, I tell you, Winston-Salem State, um, really good both of those years, but a little bit of a down year for the Rams this year, but a big win over Fayetteville State. Some other games to look at. Um, again, I mentioned North Carolina a and defeated Norfolk State 37-20. to um, In the battle for Raleigh, Shaw defeated St. Augustine's 27-10. to uh, Devin Hunt in that game had 17 tackles. The linebacker for Shaw, he had... Uh, 11 of those solo two and a half tackles for loss and one sack. He was named one of our box to row national players of the week. And what a football game uh, he had. And I, I'm not, I'm, you know, I, I haven't. And, and as of Tuesday, I'm not a hundred percent sure the uh, Shaw and Shawan are supposed to play on Thursday. That game was a tentative game when it was set earlier on um, before coming on the air with you guys. I should have found out if that game was in fact going to be going on, but if it's not, if it is, then, you know, the worst Shaw can do is five and five this year, which will be good. The last time that um, the bears had a winning season, um, was back in 2013. So if it stands the way it is, then they would have a winning season. But the worst they can do is go 500, which is good, uh, which is which is solid. I mean, they're trying to build a program there in Raleigh. Meanwhile, I'm surprised at St. Augustine's because this is a St. Augustine's program that looked to challenge for the Southern Division crown this year. It's a St. Augustine's program that challenged for the, uh, the CIAA Western Division crown last year, came within a game of 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 possibly winning uh and and representing the Southern Division in the CIAA championship game so only two wins for St. Augustine's this year a bit of a surprise Virginia Union continues to roll 46 to 19 over Virginia State that's a statement game what it says is the, the, the we're, what it says is it's been the last couple of years that Virginia State has won this game it says two things a uh Union uh wanted the rivalry back it meant a lot to them um by way of the 46 points and B Virginia Union looking to be in the playoffs seven and two record I don't know exactly how that works I think they may need another game to qualify again nine games this year because a lot of uh, when you go back to Hurricane Matthew a lot of those games were lost um, that weekend and could not be made up and so I, I think Virginia Union may need one more game but they are sitting nice, I think, and definitely uh, would be able to challenge in the Division Two playoffs. Um, again, mention the fact that Miles at home defeated Tuskegee 31 to 27. They had almost 9,000 um, at that football game. And uh, again, Miles only four wins, but they got the wins they needed the most. And Tuskegee was one of those wins. And um, so, hey, the Golden Bears doing, doing their thing. Congratulations to Reginald Ruffin, um, his staff, and the Golden Bears uh, for their victory and going back to that SIAC championship game. Boy, Grambling State playing a closer game than you would have thought against Mississippi Valley State, defeating Mississippi Valley State 24-19. to 
And uh, Grambling struggling a little bit this year. I don't think there's any question about it, trying to find their identity. But when you lose um, what they lost from an offensive perspective, Kincaid at quarterback, Carter at running back, some receivers, I think their defense is pretty solid. They got some players there, but they lost a lot on the offensive side of the football. And so they're still trying to find their way a little bit there also. Boy, Morehouse, the, the, the wheels have just fallen off of Morehouse. I don't think there's going to be any Division II playoffs for the Maroon Tigers this year. Remember, they started the season out 6-0 and and then end the season w- losing three of their last four ball games. They're 7-3. I doubt that they're going to make the playoffs. They fall to Clark Atlanta, and this is the second straight week that a, a team with a losing record and a bad losing record at that um, has bested the Maroon Tigers. Albany State, a, a statement win as well. Again, Albany State Maya's going to play in that SIAC championship game. Albany State 40, Fort Valley State 6. You know, for that Fountain City Classic, they had in excess of 28,000 there for that game. That's always a big game, even though the fact that Fort Valley State down this year, big-time football game, Albany State with a big-time win, a lot of momentum. They've won seven straight games, and I think they have a very, very, very tough schedule. Some tough, they started the season out 0-3, but i tell you what, um, Albany State, uh, boy, they should also be in the running for uh, an opportunity to play in that D2 uh, playoffs. And if they beat Miles in the SIAC championship game, I think they'll have an opportunity and a shot to play in those D2 playoffs. Um, you know, I talked a lot last week about the firing of of Tony Hughes as the head football coach at Jackson State. Again, not a proponent of that type of thing happening during the course of the season. Again, not a proponent of what Jackson State has done the last four or five years with head coaches going all the way back to not renewing the contract of Rick Comagy. Well, guess what? Jackson State, 34 Prairie View A&M 28. So Jackson State now evens its record at 4-4 four and four on the season. And guess what? The Tigers are still in the running for the Eastern Division crown of the SWAC. It's unbelievable, but Jackson State is still hanging in there. And uh, so we'll have to see how things play out. I mean, it's a long shot because of the way that Alcorn State is playing. By the way, even though Alcorn State fell to New Mexico State. The score was 52 to 42. They put up 42 points. I mean, I I get it. New Mexico State's not a very good program, but at the end of the day, it's still uh, way more scholarships than what Alcorn State has. And and Alcorn State was able to hang around with New Mexico State um, in that ball game you you guys know if you listen to the weekend edition of from the press box to press row if you've checked out our website then one of the things that you were able to see was the fact that um, we did a college football playoff ranking hbcu style so what i did last weekend was ranked all 22 of the division one hbcus and all 24 of the division two hbcus from one to 24 and then from one to 22 and ultimately, um, you know, we're going to we're going to uh, have that that ranking each and every week. And just to give you a little bit of a preview, the top four teams in Division one look like this. It's North Carolina A&T number one. 
right now. Again, FAMU's loss put A&T back on top. And again, you cannot discount the two big wins that A&T had to start the season uh, against Jacksonville State and then against ECU as well. So I got A&T at number one. Got Alcorn State at number two. I tell you what, Alcorn State, um, again, the loss against New Mexico State. But boy, they've been playing some good football um, as of late. Uh, and, you know, they, that was a bad loss actually against Alabama State, but they rebounded wins against Southern and Prairie View A&M. At number three, I have um, Southern. It was a toss-up. It was it was a, a tough pick between Southern and Florida A&M, and I went with Southern because even though Florida A&M had the really big win against A&T, when you look at some of the like opponents, they had a similar schedule. Southern played, you know, an out-of-conference game against Langston. Florida A&M played an out-of-conference game against Fort Valley State. To me, what separated the two was the fact that Florida A&M fell to Jackson State 18-16. to That game, of course, a little bit earlier on in the season. Meanwhile, Southern blew out Jackson State 41 to seven. And again, Jackson State is still in the running. So for me, that's why I had um, uh, uh, Southern at three and then Florida A&M at number four. So if we were to have a college football playoff, which again, listen, if we're going to do this celebration bowl thing, let's do it correctly. Why not play um, a championship series? Why not play four games? One plays four, two plays three the week before, whether you do it in Atlanta or whether you do it maybe on the higher seeds um, home turf. Do something like that. And then, of course, you play that celebration bowl and that championship game in Atlanta. I think if we're going to do it, we should do it correctly. And why not have a football playoff? So if the foot, if, if, again, as it stands right now in my rankings, North Carolina A&T number one, Alcorn State number two, got Southern number three, and have Florida A&M number four. And I'm going to have that entire list a little bit later on in the week on our website and going to discuss it on the weekend edition of From the Press Box to Press Row, which can be heard on a radio station near you. That's it for our Takeaway Tuesday. Again, if you haven't voted, please get out and vote it's not too late most polls clo- uh, most polls close at 7 p.m. eastern have a great day <laughs>